the audible of the best in Bitcoin. This is the Crypto Economy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. Let's start off with a thank you to swanbitcoin.com for supporting the Audible of the Bitcoin space, making all of the best in Bitcoin available to you so that you can listen. And everybody knows, but swanbitcoin.com is the best place to set up your Bitcoin savings plan to auto-buy Bitcoin on a regular basis so you don't have to think about it. And while I'm not having to think about my Bitcoin savings plan, Let's get into today's Bitcoin Audible by Gigi, who we have obviously, you know, many, many times covered uh, Gigi's works on the show. They are amazing. I mean, hell, we have the entire 21 Lessons uh, book uh, here on the show if you haven't listened to it. But this one was just released the other day, and it's titled Dear Family, Dear Friends, A Letter to All of You Who Still Have No Bitcoin. This is going to be a great one for everybody who has yet to dip their toes in. And I think this will also be a great one to share out to people who are just getting into Bitcoin. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into this piece. Dear Family, Dear Friends by Gigi. A letter to all of you who still have no Bitcoin. I am writing this letter because I am convinced of two things. One, our current money is fundamentally broken. And two, using superior money will benefit you in particular and society in general in the long run. Money is a touchy subject. Most people don't like to talk about it, either because they have little and are ashamed, or because they have lots and are afraid. Even fewer people know anything about the nature of our money, which is quite shocking. After all, money is an essential tool of our civilization. The world has changed drastically in the last couple of decades, as has the world of money. I'm afraid, however, that the underlying nature of our monetary system has not changed for the better. The simple fact that governments around the world are conjuring up trillions, with a T, of dollars out of thin air is a testament to how disconnected our monetary system is from reality. I hope that this letter will plant the seeds for a better future. A better future for you personally, and a better future for us all. In part, I am writing to you because I'm worried about what is yet to come. And yet, I am hopeful, because this time, we have a way out. We have a plan B. Plan B. By now, you have probably heard about Bitcoin. It is a household name, frequently featured on major news outlets, on TV, I'm looking at UCNBC, and referenced in pop culture, The Simpsons, Mr. Robot, Silicon Valley, The Big Bang Theory, Grey's Anatomy, Family Guy, The Simpsons again. Whatever you might know or think you know about Bitcoin, there is more to it than meets the eye. While Bitcoin has been covered in the mainstream media quite a bit, what Bitcoin is and what its role in the world will be is still widely misunderstood. However, 
in part thanks to more and more reckless monetary interventions by the Fed and similar institutions, even the mainstream narrative is beginning to shift. Bitcoin is not a synonym for criminality and dark net money anymore. Today, it is more and more becoming a synonym for sound money, a hedge against the current system, a vote for freedom, a different paradigm. If you are reading this and still have no Bitcoin, you might want to think about starting to get some. It was never as easy as it is today to get your hands on some sats, tiny fractions of a Bitcoin, and become an early adopter of the global money of the future. Be warned, I will not tell you how Bitcoin works. I will not tell you about its captivating history or its mysterious inventor, or about the marvelous design, cryptography, and game theory behind it. I will not talk about economic theories, or monetary properties, or the history of money. There are plenty of resources that go into that, link provided. After all, this is supposed to be a letter, not a book. However, since I care about you, I will tell you one thing, over and over again. Start stacking sats as soon as you can. Start stacking sats today. You might think that you're late to the party, that the ship has sailed. Wrong. You're still early. Bitcoin will continue to march on, growing in size and value, eating up the government-controlled fiat currencies that rule the world today. How do I know that these are still early days? Well, while most people have heard about Bitcoin by now, very few people own or use it. Further, if we compare the market capitalization of Bitcoin to other assets and or monies, Bitcoin still has tremendous room for growth. As of this writing, Bitcoin's market cap is around $137 billion. The total market cap of gold is around $9 trillion, around 65 times larger than Bitcoin. That of real estate, globally, is $228 trillion, about 1,664 times larger. Bitcoin may capture some in the case of real estate, or all in the case of gold, of this value, demonetizing these and other assets in the process. Again, these are still early days. Quote, We are in the process of repricing the world in sats. End quote. Bitcoin Tina. Granted, buying and holding Bitcoin is nuanced. It is easy to shoot yourself in the foot. It is easy to get scammed. It is possible to lose access to your Bitcoin for good. Thus, a word of warning. Educate yourself and err on the side of caution. Unfortunately, I didn't have a Bitcoin guy who understood what was going on. I didn't have this one friend who told me, trust me, just buy some Bitcoin, or even better, Trust me, just buy a little regularly. So I would like to be this Bitcoin guy now for you. Here is what I would say to you as a friend. Start stacking sats today. If you already do, good. If you don't, start stacking. It's not that difficult. Why Bitcoin is necessary. We as a society need Bitcoin more than it needs us. Money is an essential tool for any large-scale cooperation. It is a measuring device, a solution to the problem of barter, a vehicle to store your wealth over space and time, 
and many other things. In short, money is essential for a complex society to function. However, a series of financial crises and recent events around a certain virus outbreak have clearly shown that our money is fundamentally broken. Quote, The root problem with conventional currency is all the trust that's required to make it work. The central bank must be trusted not to debase the currency, but the history of fiat currencies is full of breaches of that trust. Satoshi Nakamoto The virus not only reminded us of the fragility of human life, but it also revealed the fragility of our supply chains and other global systems. In particular, it highlighted the ridiculousness of our financial and monetary system. In a matter of days, we went from printing billions to trillions to proposals of minting trillion-dollar denominated platinum coins to unlimited QE and infinite cash. Economists and politicians speak of saving the economy, of injecting liquidity, of quantitative easing, of reverse repurchase agreements, of bailing out those who are too big to fail again, of doing everything in their power to prolong the inevitable collapse, to kick the proverbial can even further down the road. While the lingo is fancy, the repercussions are simple. An essential tool of our civilization is bent and distorted. Hyperinflation is what happens when this tool finally breaks under constant pressure. And hyperinflation or not, the repercussions for the individual are always the same. The money you save gets devalued. Its purchasing power diminished. Whether your money is sitting under your mattress or in your bank account doesn't even matter. Quote, The world has gone mad and the system is broken. Ray Dalio As Ray Dalio explains so eloquently, our debt-based system of money is inherently broken. Bitcoin fixes this. It fixes this because it is not based on debt. It fixes this because it has a strictly limited supply. It fixes this because it can't be created arbitrarily, because there are no gatekeepers, no central powers that might corrupt it. Bitcoin is the antidote to modern monetary theory. It is necessary to straighten out the crooked world of fiat money. The best money we ever had. Bitcoin's monetary properties are designed from the ground up to be superior to all other forms of money. It is extremely portable, perfectly scarce, highly divisible, easily verifiable, durable, fungible, and extraordinarily resistant to censorship. As a friend of mine likes to say, Bitcoin is pieces of super gold flying inside an unstoppable PayPal. It is the best money we have ever had. No central authority bestows these properties upon Bitcoin. They emerge naturally from within the system, a fact that is as beautiful as it is important. Thus, Bitcoin is the people's money. For the people, by the people, not controlled by anyone, auditable and usable by everyone. Quote, By land, they ain't making any more of the stuff. Will Rogers Will Rogers had the right idea. Scarcity has value. 
However, as a store of value, Bitcoin is superior to land, and gold for that matter, in many ways. No other asset can be magically beamed across the internet or other communication channels. Bitcoin has the highest value density of all assets since it is pure information. You could have a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin in your head, retaining your wealth even if stripped naked. While there are many misconceptions about Bitcoin, the following are probably the most prominent. Bitcoin is too expensive. Bitcoin is old technology. Bitcoin is too complicated. Bitcoin is risky and speculative. Bitcoin will be replaced by another coin. Let's briefly go through these one by one. Bitcoin is too expensive. To the contrary, don't let the I need a whole coin unit bias fool you. Bitcoin is still very cheap. However, if you think that way, you're in good company. People have been thinking that Bitcoin is too expensive since its inception. It will always be too expensive if your perspective is still rooted in fiat money. Bitcoin is old technology. First of all, Bitcoin is a monetary invention rather than a technological one. It aims to replace the monetary base layer of our society. It isn't the next viral app for your smartphone. Second of all, Bitcoin is improving and evolving at a rapid pace. It's virtually impossible to keep up with all developments across the board. Bitcoin is too complicated. Granted, Bitcoin isn't exactly easy to understand, but neither is the traditional financial system. Luckily, as with all other complex technologies, usage doesn't require complete understanding. If it would, you probably couldn't use your smartphone, use the internet, or drive your car. And in terms of usage, Bitcoin becomes easier every day. Just like using the internet a couple of decades ago wasn't exactly easy, using Bitcoin today can be challenging at times. Bitcoin is risky and speculative. Don't speculate. Stay humble and start stacking sats. If that's not good enough for you, how about the fact that a portfolio of 5% Bitcoin and 95% cash outperformed stocks on risk and returns every year for the past six years? Still too risky? Bitcoin will be replaced by another coin. Bitcoin is the undisputed king and the only serious contender for digital scarcity. It is the best network effects, the highest liquidity, and the highest security by orders of magnitude. Nothing else comes close, and I don't want to waste any digital ink naming any other coin. All I will say about Bitcoin's copycats is this. Do not touch them. While the siren song of shitcoins is hard to resist, they are called shitcoins for a reason. Bitcoin can't be copied. It is a path-dependent invention in a winner-takes-all environment. Quote, There is Bitcoin, and then there is shitcoin. Warren Davidson Shitcoins are a dead end. Don't go down this path. Nothing but pain and sorrow will await you there. Why stacking sats is superior As of this writing, $1 will buy you 14,488 sats. Spend $70 and you are a Satoshi millionaire. Bitcoin is expensive. Sats are cheap. Dictionary. A sat. Noun. 
short for Satoshi, the smallest unit of a Bitcoin, equivalent to one one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. Example, I'm stacking sats every day thanks to AutoDCA. As mentioned above, Bitcoin is highly divisible. Again, don't let any unit bias fool you. There is enough Bitcoin to go around for everyone. Trying to buy large sums of Bitcoin usually leads to trying to time the market. Stacking sats removes this psychological pressure. Even better, plenty of services exist which let you automate the process of stacking sats. Set it and forget it. Your stack will grow automatically. No need to worry about the perfect timing, no frantic checking of the price, no exposure to custodians. We all know the old proverb. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. The same is true for stacking sats. Only Bitcoin didn't exist 20 years ago. It's now a bit over 11 years old, bursting into global consciousness just a couple of years ago. The best time to buy Bitcoin was 10 years ago. The second best time is now. The point is this. Don't beat yourself up about having a 0% allocation to Bitcoin. It's not too late to get off zero. Again, it is not too late. You are still early. Currently, you are still able to exchange other money for Bitcoin. In the future, you will probably have to earn it. Think of it this way. If the trajectory that Bitcoin is on continues, there will never be a bad time to exchange your fiat currency for Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a game of accumulation. Once you realize that, stacking sats becomes the obvious strategy. Inelastic supply and the relatively small market capitalization make Bitcoin more volatile than other assets. Although compared to recent movements in the traditional markets, Bitcoin is relatively stable. Stacking sats enables you to ignore the volatility of the market. The focus is on passive accumulation, not trading. Quote, Bitcoin is a new type of money that is digital and independent of world governments or corporations. It is hard to seize, block, or inflate, and easy to send around the world. It is the best money we have ever had. As more people realize this, the price should rise. Matt O'Dell Zoom out far enough, and it becomes obvious that the price movement of Bitcoin is up and to the right. There are reasons to believe that this trend will continue. Even with this upward trend intact, the price of Bitcoin will probably remain volatile for quite a while. My advice? Ignore the price. Get off zero. Do you still have zero sats to your name? Stop slacking. Start stacking. Some things to remember. Don't trade. Get off zero. Automate with auto DCA. Everyone thinks they are late. You can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. Trusted third parties are security holes. Time in the market beats timing the market. There is gold and then there is fool's gold. Stay away from shitcoins. You might think that you don't have enough money to start stacking sats. I doubt it. If you're reading this, you are probably on level 4 and able to spare a dollar or two per day. Remember, a couple of dollars will buy you tens of thousands of sats. There are also indirect ways to stack sats, such as cashback services that pay you back in sats. 
You can also kick a bad habit and start stacking sats with the money you save. Two birds with one stone and all that. Sats are still stupidly cheap. I bet that there will soon come a time where it won't be possible to acquire tens of thousands of sats for a dollar. The purchasing power of the dollar is going down continually. The purchasing power of Bitcoin has been going up historically. However, even if the price of Bitcoin keeps rising drastically, you will probably still be able to get your hands on a couple of sats for a dollar or less for the foreseeable future. You're skeptical. I get it. I was skeptical too. It took me a very long time to understand what Bitcoin is about. It took me even longer to trust this magic internet money enough to buy some. And after that, it took me a while to stop trading and start accumulating. I hope to save you some time and a lot of heartaches by passing on the following. Start stacking sats. The earlier you start and the more automated the process, the better. All that being said, a word of caution. Start small. Don't put in more money than you are willing to lose. Stay humble. Don't get greedy. Don't overextend yourself. Not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Do not trust custodians. Always remember that trusted third parties are security holes. Don't trust, verify. Assume that everyone is a scammer. Do your own research. Bitcoin is open by nature, so you are free to study what it is and how it works. I curate a comprehensive list of resources if you need a starting point. Link in the show notes. There will never be a better time to start saving in Bitcoin. Many services exist which let you automatically convert a certain amount of your local currency into Bitcoin every week, month, or day. I will refrain from any recommendations here since they might be outdated soon. What the best service is for you is yours to find out. Contact your local friar or the Bitcoin guy closest to you. If he doesn't know what stacking sats means, find a better Bitcoin guy. And if I happen to be that guy, please reach out to me. Quote, Owning Bitcoins is one of the few asymmetric bets that people across the entire world can participate in. Vijay Boyapati While Bitcoin is an investment in the future, I don't necessarily view it as a speculative investment. I also do not view it as an asset that is to be sold again for dollars, euro, or yen. As the meme goes, when you're ready, you won't have to sell your Bitcoin. Neo, what are you trying to tell me? That I can trade my Bitcoin for millions someday? Morpheus, no, Neo. I'm trying to tell you that when you're ready, you won't have to. Ready when you are. Exchanging your fiat money for Bitcoin is a move from an inherently unstable system to an anti-fragile one. It is wealth insurance and a vote for a better, more honest base layer of society. I believe that Bitcoin still has a very high potential upside. Thus, the sooner you start to get exposure to this emerging money, the better equipped you might be to benefit from its rising purchasing power. In other words, you want to start stacking sats as soon as you can. However, I also believe that Bitcoin will be understood by you as soon as you are ready.
Consequently, I believe that the first fractions of a Bitcoin will find you as soon as you are ready to receive them. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, as the saying goes. You will find that owning Bitcoin requires personal responsibility. You will have to do your own research, learn how to use and store it securely, and do many things yourself that are usually done for you by a third party. Nothing in life is free, and the freedoms granted by Bitcoin come at the price of personal responsibility. In any case, Bitcoin is ready when you are. It won't go away. And nobody will be able to stop you from acquiring some if you are ready to do so. That's the beauty of Bitcoin. It will always be there for you, whether you make use of it or not. Granted, Bitcoin is a strange beast. It is complicated, overwhelming, maybe even a bit scary. However, the sooner you befriend this strange creature, the better you will be equipped for the future. And I believe that the best way to befriend it is to start stacking sats. As a wise old man once said, just buy Bitcoin. It's not that difficult. Disclaimer. This should go without saying, but I'm afraid I'll have to make it explicit. This is not financial advice. This is not investment advice. I wrote this letter to have something at hand whenever friends or family reach out to me in all matters Bitcoin. I published it because I thought others might find it useful as well. If you don't know me in real life, I'm just a random guy from the internet. I might as well be a dog. Act accordingly. All right. And that was Gigi's Dear Family, Dear Friends. Um, let's go ahead and take a break real quick and hit our sponsor for today's show. And then we will jump back in. There's also a lot of like resources and further reading that he's got mentioned here. And I'm going to go through those real quick and just kind of give you a, a overview and where you might be able to find some of them. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and hit our sponsor. I'll get something to drink and we'll be right back. All right. So that was a great piece by uh, Gigi, who is a dare Gigi on uh, Twitter. Um, that's D-E-R-G-I-G-I. -G -I. That's his Twitter tag. So definitely follow GG if you have not yet. But what I love about this piece is just that it doesn't get it doesn't try to shove you, you know, 10 layers down the rabbit hole in one post, which despite my absolute love for a lot of the pieces that do, like I really appreciate this one. In fact, I might actually start using this kind of as a uh, a starting point for people to think about this because you have to get you have to get them through the door. You have to get them at least to look at the potential uh, a need to go down the rabbit hole, I guess you could say. And this is a recommendation I've been uh, adjusting to for probably about the last two years, to be frank. Um, and uh, I've become more and more confident that I think this is the best route to take is that even though even though we as bitcoiners constantly push not your keys not your coins and i absolutely would would never talk about bitcoin without making that completely clear that if you buy it through a custodian they are the ones that own the bitcoin they are the ones that have full and absolute control of their of the bitcoin and what you are holding is an iou but I still recommend people to buy on a custodian. 
giving that caveat at the exact same time. This is the situation you are buying yourself into, but go ahead and get a small exposure to Bitcoin because it's incredibly easy to use some of these custodial services now. Something like Cash App, um, and particularly with like the DCA thing, like which has been exploding recently. It's funny, like Swan Bitcoin was the only game in town just like a, you know, a month ago or something, it seemed like. And now it's popping up all over the place. Bull Bitcoin in Canada is doing it. Cash App has now started doing it, though their fees are higher. Um, uh, uh, Amber App, I think, is doing it now in Australia. Um, I'm not 100% sure if there's a way to do it in the UK now. Um, the EU is unfortunately uh, a little limiting in the options, but I know there is stuff coming soon and a lot of people are working on this. So this is popping up all over the place and that's really, really exciting. But then at the same time, there's so many other services that can let you kind of passively stack sats by... Um, like Fold app, which we've used, you know, I showed you the video um, link to it. I guess I'll link to it again, just in case you want to see it, how we use Lightning and ran around all day and just bought gift cards on the Fold app um, and, uh, you know, got sats back. And you can actually do that with a credit card, which is what I do more often than not. I use Lightning a lot, but I actually use my credit card because I want to use the fiat and then I get 1.5% back, 2% back on buying stuff. It's like the easiest thing ever, you know, like, like I'm, I'm still, I was still going to go to Starbucks and just get a coffee instead of spending my Satoshis, um, instead of spending my Bitcoin, why don't I just get the gift card through the app, get Satoshis back, earn Satoshis, get a discount, then, you know, put the gift card on my Starbucks card and, uh, then I get uh, a discount through Starbucks as well. Cause you know, I, I make points over time and get coffee, you know, free coffees every now and then. Uh, like I'm, you know, saving money a couple of different ways. And at the same time, I'm adding to my sats. Uh, then there's Lolly, which, you know, you go online. It's just a, a plugin or extension that you put on your browser. You don't even have to do anything. You just sign up, get an account and um, uh, go around and shop at all your regular stuff. You know, shop at Walmart, shop at, um, I don't know, Macy's and whatever, whatever, wherever you shop on the internet. And I think one of the few major ones that they don't have yet still but i know they're uh fishing for really hard is amazon but they've got affiliate with so many different services i mean like literally hundreds of different places up there um like i use them to get like my uh pets like you know flea and tick and like heartworm medicine and stuff like a couple of those um that's another great way to do it you just get you know two percent back three percent back um in sats just by using the just by having that in, extension installed and it will just let you know it's like yeah you can get sats back up here so if you buy from this store or you buy from this website boom you're you're gonna make sats and fold is actually coming out with a card um like a visa card which is really really exciting that you get cash back or you, excuse me you get sats back on a purchase every purchase um just like you know uh, cash back on a credit card so there's literally tons and tons of different ways to do this now and to do it without having to really think about it you kind of set up these systems or these positions or these cards or these apps and then just kind of you know some in a lot of cases just do what you're always doing just have these things set up in the background and running but again the reason the reason why i encourage people to get their foot in the door to 
to get exposed to Bitcoin and do so in a small way, $20 worth, $50 worth, whatever it is, like a really small amount. Don't, don't overextend yourself immediately, like blindly going in and just buying thousands of dollars worth of Bitcoin is ridiculous if, you know, you can't afford that. Because, um, you know, the price fluctuates all the time. Volatility is a, a thing that is going to exist in Bitcoin for a very long time, I suspect. Um, particularly with the now the volatility so present in the fiat money system and financial system. Uh, uh, well, the volatility is going to be a, uh, a fact of life for uh, the foreseeable future. So it's good to account for it and know how to deal with it. And the way to deal with that in Bitcoin is to ignore the price. Don't overextend yourself and just buy a little bit. The best thing, absolutely, in my opinion, is uh, auto DCA. Set up something like swanbitcoin.com and buy $10 a week, $20 a week, a month, whatever it is. Um, I mean, we're, you know, disclaimer, obviously they're supporting the show. Um, so uh, they're a sponsor to this podcast. But legit, like that's just, I mean, I, I use it for, because they're a good service. I'm, I'm not using it because they sponsored the show. Uh, it was just kind of an added bonus that they did that for us. But the thing is, if, if you're not getting, if people aren't getting a little bit of exposure to Bitcoin first, the barrier is, seems insurmountable. Like, it's so hard to get somebody to learn about something that they don't have skin in the game for. That, you know, it's just like a passing interest. It's so easy. Like, the, the greater the barrier is to getting your first exposure, to getting that first little like skin in the game on why should I care about this thing? Why should I even learn about it? If, if you make it so that the only way to get into Bitcoin or you suggest that the only safe way to get into Bitcoin is to, you know, learn how to manage your own keys, get a hardware wallet, run a node, um, and automatically and instantly you like, uh, uh, you know, get all your backups and everything. Hell, use multi-sig for crying out loud. Why not? Why not? Set up multiple keys. And, and then you withdraw to your keys. Like, nobody's going to do that. You know, like when people get into something, they don't, you know, they don't, like when you start swimming, you go get in the kiddie pool and you like practice and you work on your, you, you do the easy, simple, like very beginnings of it. You don't just, you don't just fly out in a helicopter a mile out in the sea and drop somebody out and <laughs> you know let them swim back to shore and particularly for the average person i think like giving them that list of things that they have to do that's what it feels like and it just doesn't have to be that hard i mean for crying out loud i keep a good chunk of money just on my cash app and in my swan bitcoin account it's just when it gets to the point where it's enough money that I'm a little uncomfortable about it. It's like, ooh, you know, if something happened and, you know, this went away or they got hacked or something, that would be, that would be painful. That's when I withdraw. And uh, if you bought up, you know, $100 worth of Bitcoin and then, you know, Bitcoin goes on a tear for, you know, a couple of months and suddenly it's worth $200 worth of Bitcoin, you'll pay attention. You'll be watching it. You'll be wondering, like, so what's going on in Bitcoin? What's new in the technology? What are, what are these new apps? I heard about it on the news again. Uh, let me check my app, you know, like, like, do I still have it there sort of thing? And that's a great way to get people over that initial gap of, you know, that, that's when they're going to start looking at, so what does it mean to run a node? 
So all right, how do I make sure I am the one in control of my keys? Let me look up a guide on that. Now that I've got this thing and here's this address, what do I, what do, I do with that address? Like, what's that, what's that good for? So withdrawal, what's, what's, this, what's this process? It's exactly what makes it feel meaningful to learn about this stuff. Is that you've got, it's a, it's a tool that you're about to use. So as much as, you know, some hardcore Bitcoiners might argue with it or say, oh, no, you don't never, ever put Bitcoin with a custodian. Like, I use custodians sometimes. I really do. I, I certainly don't for the bulk of, uh, you know, what I have in Bitcoin and I withdraw it whenever I can. But, you know, I'm not worried about keeping $200 on Cash App. Like, it just, like, that, that doesn't, that's not a huge concern for me. In fact, I might want to use it for something, you know? Like, hell, if they integrated Lightning one day, I'd be buying stuff on Fold. Um, and I'd keep a little bit extra fiat on, uh, in a lot of these places so that I can buy Bitcoin quickly if it dips really, really hard. It's like a great opportunity. It's like, you know, I want to be well positioned for that in case the opportunity arises. You know, something that's really funny is that, uh, uh, the normies, that's how you tell the difference between a Bitcoiner and a normie, uh, somebody who's like new to Bitcoin or somebody who's like a true hardcore Bitcoiner, is that normies uh, FOMO in, you know, the fear of missing out. They, they're like, oh, I got to jump on the bandwagon now. Uh, normies FOMO in when the price is skyrocketing and Bitcoiners FOMO when the price is dumping. It is hilarious. Like the Crypto Economy crew, like our, our gang of like the fans of the show and who've been supporting this podcast for a long time you know shout out to you guys i, I love y'all and uh y'all are the you're the bright spot in my uh telegram chats here <laughs> but i love it when the price dumps really hard and everybody is frantic in there trying to figure out how to get more bitcoin everybody's like oh my god the price just crashed 50 percent. where do i buy where do i buy where do i buy um like oh god i gotta move my money it's so funny that bitcoiners literally fomo in when the price dumps um, and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the nature. It's like you, you, you shift this mentality because I'm not worried about Bitcoin, the system. I realize what it means and that these temporary volatility, this temporary volatility, these, these, uh, uh, corrections and like sharp movements in the prices, uh, price, uh, it just, they're just opportunities for the people who understand that, that matrix meme, you know, that this is not a game of, for instance, like in the last like 2017 run, uh, I remember talking to some uh, uh, friends of mine um, when we were all getting together for somebody's birthday party. I can't remember exactly, but everybody was hanging out and everybody knew I was the Bitcoin guy. And uh, I had been talking about it for, you know, years at this point. And they see it and they're like, oh man, he must have, you know, you must have made a ton of money on this and all this stuff. And then, you know, the price is on the rise. It's real it's moving hard during this period and uh, uh they basically you know asked me you know and this is the this is the fiat mindset you know um which you know i'm not i'm not you know like demeaning anybody particularly them they like how, how how would they think of it any other way like this is the obvious this is the default mindset of anything like this um is that they're basically asking me like you know when are you going to sell that's great you know you probably made you know a lot of profit on this so uh, when are you selling it all? And I was just like, it's so hard to 
like, like I kind of wanted to just giggle. And then like, I was like, how do I not sound like an idiot who has just lost my mind and thought that like, cause, cause I know the, you know, when you're super in love with an investment, it's like, oh, it's never going to come back down. It's going to go up forever. So I completely understand that mindset. And if I ever suggested that, like, that's how I saw Bitcoin, I know what people are going to think. So I, I tried to, I, I don't even remember exactly how I positioned it, but I know I tried to delicately explain that I was like, you know, this is not, like, this is not a thing where I'm just like waiting for a great opportunity to sell it. Like, I'm in this, I intend to have this for decades. You know, like, I, like I am in this for the long haul. I am moving, my base money is going to become Bitcoin. It was Bitcoin, basically, at that time. I, has, I had fully committed it at that point and was, uh, I think it was right around the time that I finally started this podcast, actually. I guess, no, it's actually a couple of months before. It was, it was when I had probably fully committed myself to uh, realizing I was going to do this, but uh, it still took me like another five months to um, get over myself and get out of my own way and actually start. <laughs> but, you know, I, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm more comfortable with my position today than I ever have been. Um, like, I only get more sure of, uh, you know, essentially what Gigi spelled out in this post uh, as every day passes. And, you know, like the, 50% drop recently from uh, what is it you know 8000 or 7000 and something down to 3000 I think 3500 or something is where it like bottomed out and now it's back up to 8000 almost 9000 like it's kind of business as usual for me like I it was exciting on that day uh, both in a, a scary sense and uh in a oh my god I got to get more sense uh but you know cuz it's fun to play the, it's fun to ride the roller coaster of Bitcoin sometimes. Uh, let me tell you that. But it doesn't at all shake my confidence in what Bitcoin is. Um, like, there would have to be a, there would have to be a sharp uh, shift or some sort of fundamental, um, I see, I don't even know, outside of like breaking the cryptography, which I think is just, as more time goes on, it's just kind of a silly uh, proposition. But outside of that, I don't even know what would really shake my confidence in this system. But uh, you know, before we close this one out, let me go through uh, the. He he goes through a set of you know, Bitcoin too ex is too expensive. The common misconceptions about Bitcoin, and I want to reiterate them just a little bit, and because um, they're they're really good and they are the the standard. Um, the, the standard myths or misconceptions that you hear pretty regularly. One, Bitcoin is too expensive. And if he did make it clear, um, you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. And I still, I still get this. Um, but you can divide, I mean, just like you can get like a dime or some pennies, you don't have to buy a whole dollar. Um, or you don't have to buy a $100 bill. Like, like, it's money. Like you can you can break it up into tiny tiny pieces, and a Bitcoin is one hundred million satoshis. You can break it down into eight decimal places. Um, and I'm very happy that Sats is quickly becoming the standard satoshis, um, which is the smallest unit. 
um, just because it does make it so much more digestible. Um, and obviously there's much smaller in comparison to pennies to a dollar. Um, but, uh, uh, it's just an easier way to look at it. And I'm also surprised at the, the unconscious, um, mentality that it kind of puts like seeing my lightning network, like my lightning payments in Satoshi's versus like my Bitcoin balance, even knowing like very very well what the comparison is like what those relationships are i absolutely still have a separate reaction to spending um you know a million satoshis versus spending 0.01 bitcoin like it, it it is different to me even though i know these are the exact same thing and when that happens, all, all I can think is like, wow, what does this look like to somebody who doesn't know this at all, who doesn't have this? Like, if it affects me, if that unit bias is actually effective on me, like, that's, that's a pretty strong, uh, you know, thing about human nature. So I think it's really important that we move to Satoshi's. And the other thing, um, since, since Bitcoin has 21 million, it means that we have 2.1 quadrillion. 2.1, trillion Satoshis available for the globe. Um, so we will likely never need to divide it up any further. But if we did, it's actually a soft fork. Like, like it can be done on essentially the client side. Like in the sense that you don't have to change the protocol. Like dividing it up doesn't break up any of the consensus rules. It doesn't mess with the auditing or anything like that. We could tec technically just keep cutting it down. We could cut it to another hundred million um, uh, new new points. You know, we could have a millionth of a satoshi. Um, and in fact, even without changing the protocol, you can do sub satoshi payments on the Lightning Network, a payment layer on top of it. Really interesting, like fascinating concepts, but not necessary. That's way down the road, if even if it's ever uh, a concern. Uh, so let's move on to number two. Bitcoin is old technology. Nope, nope, and nope. Uh, the people who like use that oh, tired ass analogy that um, you know Bitcoin is the Model T or Bitcoin is the MySpace do not understand what Bitcoin is. And uh, I like the way he puts this: is that Bitcoin is a monetary invention rather than a technological one. But I would actually. Um, I think monetary invention uh, is not very informative to people who do not know the incredible nuance and importance of what money is as a technology, like, like how that tool came about and what its roles and its history have been throughout civilization. If you don't know the impact of that, I think saying that it's a monetary invention is, even though that's the best way to describe it, absolutely, I think it falls flat on most people. I like to think of it as a combination of, which I think this is kind of a lot of what money is, it's a sociological invention and an economic invention. And the two of those things combined are the major factors in what determine a money. Because a money is a language of value. It's a, it's a language for communicating 
our subjective values comparative to the other things in the economy. So the money is that, that fundamental totem that allows us to compare things that make no sense to compare. I can compare how much work and effort and uh, cost of production it takes to make a banana, which literally has nothing in its in industrial tree um, or process that has anything to do with a car. But because of the, the, the fundamental independence and, um, what's the word, the, um, like the universality of the money, the fact that it, it is independent of all other goods and all other uses, it is a tool in and of itself that can be perfectly disassociated with any other counterparty risk. You trust it in in place of having to trust anyone else specifically, any particular political jurisdiction or anything like that. And because we have that, that value totem, that, that essentially the totem to audit and keep track of all exchange across the economy as an asset, as an asset rather than somebody else's trust or liability, that's what money does. Then suddenly we can compare, I can compare the cost of a banana to the cost of a car, which in any other sense wouldn't, would make no sense whatsoever. It, it, it would be literally impossible. Like, how could I possibly measure without, without an independent pricing mechanism that gives me the price of all of the things that go into making a car and all of the, um, uh, you know, all the skills and all of the time to learn those skills and the, the amount of people it takes and the number of people who can even uh, put such a thing together in comparison to the number of people who can grow a tree, know how to do it, you know, like, you know, where to find bananas, where you have to be in the world, how long it takes to get from place to A to place B and make a banana, you know, grow a banana in Mexico and deliver it to a grocery store in New York. If there is not some tool of value in which we're comparing all of the inputs of the car and all of the inputs of a banana too, and specifically that it is independent, that it, that it treats both of these things equally, that there's no distortion of that tool, of that measuring unit between the time that we're making the car and the time that we're making the banana, and distortion in the sense not of the price, because the price of those things should reflect the inputs and the costs and the time of those things, which means the supply of the money should not be distorted. The price is specifically supposed to fluctuate so that it can give us accurate measurements between these two things, because it fluctuates in accordance to changes in the world, changes in reality. So having this independent medium is, a, is what allows exchange to actually take place. That's why, that's what Gigi means when he says it's the base layer of society. Genuinely, society is not possible. Civilization at the scale that we do it today cannot exist without money. So when he says it's a monetary invention, it is at that level. The fundamental building blocks of how we communicate value and how we exchange and do business with each other has changed. And when something takes a giant leap at that level, nothing is left untouched.
it is an absolutely breakthrough invention. And it has nothing to do with blockchain in particular. It's not a technology, like in, in the sense that it's like an app. It's not a competitor with Visa or, or a PayPal or Square or a Cash App or something like that. It's not a Venmo that you just use. It is an independent monetary asset. None of those things, all of those things are just IOUs from some person. They're fundamentally, outside the fact that they've got an app that makes it really useful, they're fundamentally no different than your, your neighbor saying, you know, I'll, I'll pay you $100 next week. Bitcoin is a fundamental shift in what it means to be owed $100, to have, to be owed an entirely new asset that cannot be manipulated or controlled in the same way that fiat money can be. And most importantly, is it's secured, it is codified. This is the beauty of it in the digital, as a digital system, is that it is locked in place. Its characteristics are proven and secured by a cryptographic system. And one of the most important things to know about a cryptographic system is that arbitrarily changing it or updating it a little bit for some fancy feature or, you know, 10, 10% better speed or something like that is not a breakthrough and it has nothing to do with the security or value of that system. SHA-256, the, the, you know, the encryption algorithm that we use across the internet is not made stronger or better because you, you know, quickly modified something. You, you, you modified the curve that went into it and, you know, decided to make it SHA-259, which isn't even really possible. But just, just as an arbitrary example here, um, it, not only is it not made stronger, it's made, it, it's horribly, horribly insecure immediately and has, gained, has no trust whatsoever. Cryptographic systems are secure and build trust by surviving for extended periods of time. Any modification, any fundamental modification to that cryptographic system destroys everything about how we know it is actually secure in the first place. There is absolutely no way to prove that a cryptographic system is secure. It is the fact that it has stood up to being beaten to death for two decades that we know it is secure. And that is the only reason. So if you change it to the point that all of the previous attacks now have to be redone, you have absolutely no security anymore. Okay, I went too long on that point anyway, but uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Bitcoin is too complicated. Like I said, um, particularly if you're using custodians and like a number of services, and Gigi you know, mentions this too, it's actually a whole lot easier than it used to be. Um, it's still uncomfortable, you know, like imagine trying to teach somebody in the 50s or 60s how to use like a credit card and like credit card numbers and like pin numbers and stuff like that. Like that would have seemed crazy weird and, you know, difficult to understand. Like, you know, things change. And what's funny is that now that almost all communication between like Bitcoin wallets and stuff is happening with QR codes, it's actually getting a whole lot easier and a whole lot simpler. So yeah, it's complicated sometimes, you know, and, you know, it can be intimidating, certainly. But, you know, that's the nature of new technology. Like, like new systems come about and you kind of got to get used to the way they work now. Um, but it is definitely getting a lot easier. And, you know, get your Bitcoin guy 
let I'll be your Bitcoin guy. Hit up Gigi. Hit me up on Twitter. Um, we're always around to answer questions. We'd all be more than happy to happy to help. Like you would be shocked at how helpful everybody in Bitcoin is, particularly with the supposed toxicity that everybody says you got to worry about. Um, yeah, not really the case in my experience. Uh, Bitcoin is risky and speculative. Don't trade. Don't trade. I feel like Bitcoin is a conservative bet about a non-manipulable, non-manipulable monetary foundation. Um, and uh, I love his little point that if you had just a portfolio with 5% allocation to Bitcoin and 95% just sitting in cash, you'd have outperformed stocks every year for the last six years. That's not really, that's not putting much at risk. And that's a pretty good return. So, yeah. And lastly, Bitcoin will be replaced by another coin. I'll just say, listen to uh, uh, Bitcoin Can't Be Copied by Parker Lewis. It's in the Gradually Then Suddenly series. I'll add the uh, link in the show notes uh, so that you can uh, listen to it. But with that, a huge thank you for this article. Thank you to Gigi. I thank you to Swan Bitcoin for supporting the Audible of the Bitcoin space. And, you know, if you are new to Bitcoin and you want to get in touch, hit me up on Twitter. I am at the crypto economy. And I am always here to help or answer any questions. Um, that's, that's why I'm doing this. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I love you all. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Don't forget to check out and start your auto DCA Bitcoin savings plan at swanbitcoin.com. They are definitely my recommendation if you're trying to uh, start your stacking, your sat stacking. Uh, and uh, with that, uh, share this out with everybody you know in the Bitcoin and crypto economy space. I'm Guy Swan. And until next time, take it easy, guys. <laughs>